Hello, I'm Jo Earp, and you're listening to an episode of the School Improvement Podcast series brought to you by Teacher Magazine. Last term, educators attended an Australian Council for Educational Research seminar on the topic of school improvement. ACER Chief Executive Officer, Professor Jeff Masters, AO, began by telling the audience of school leaders and classroom practitioners that there's a common way people think about assessment and teaching, and it's problematic. When we think of teaching as the delivery, as I said, primarily the delivery, of the curriculum for a particular year level, and we think of assessment as the process of judging how well students have learned what we've just taught. Um, there, is, there is a problem um, because students don't start the year at the same point in their learning. Um, we know from our own work here at ACER that in any year of school, the most advanced 10% of students are something like five to six years ahead of least advanced 10% of students. It's quite predictable what's going to happen. The kids who are at the back of the pack are going to struggle. Um, they, not all of them maybe, but, but the majority of them are going to struggle. And so a student who gets a D this year, a D next year, a D the year after, um, doesn't get any sense usually of the progress they're actually making. And that they're, they're making progress, they're getting better. Um, but they don't get much sense of the progress they're making. In fact, they could be excused for thinking they're making no progress at all. They're still getting a B. Um, um, and worse than that, we probably send them a message that there's something stable about their ability to learn. In that case, they're, they're a D student. Professor Masters explained there's a different problem for those at the head of the pack. Um, and those students can often achieve high grades perform well on the expectations for the year level without a huge amount of effort. Some people who get high grades will make a big effort and move up through the pack and we need to acknowledge that. But we also know that there are students in our schools who can do quite well without stretching themselves. Um, They coast in some cases. In fact, there's some research evidence, including work by Patrick Griffin at the University of Melbourne, um, that suggests that some of the least annual progress that's made is made by students who are at the front of the pack. Um, an alternative is to think about the curriculum as a road map, for want of a better word, um, to think about the curriculum as a description of what it means to improve, learn, make progress, develop um, within, particular, within a particular area of learning, domain of learning. And to think of that almost independently of year level. And that's a more of a bottom-up process. Rather than having somebody come in and say, this is the curriculum that everybody should teach to everybody of this age, um, we're saying, let's try to understand what progressions of learning look like. Let's try to understand um, sequences, typical sequences of development, the role of prerequisites, um, how what students are learning now lays the foundations for what they'll learn next and how it builds on to what they've done in the past. Uh, let's understand the kind of sidetracks that students get onto, the misunderstandings they develop. Um, let's, in a more bottom-up way, 
understand what learning in this area of learning looks like and let's take a long-term perspective on that. Um, ra rather than um, imagining, as we did back in the 20th and in the 19th century in particular, um, that there are better learners and worse learners, and part of the role of schools is to sort out who's a better learner and who's a worse learner, um, because you know there were occupations out there that required pick and shovel, um, and that was fine if you didn't do too well, um, if you were judged to be a a poor learner, then we knew what your destination was. We can't, we can't afford to think in those terms anymore. We need to, I believe, be thinking every student is at some point in their learning, every student is capable, if we can motivate them, if we can engage them, if we can provide them with appropriate, appropriate and challenging learning opportunities, every individual is capable of making progress. So, Assessment, for me, fits right into this picture because assessment is about establishing where students are in their learning at this point in time. So a teacher is somebody, in my view, who goes to the trouble of assessing, of establishing, understanding where individuals are in their learning and then targets learning opportunities, teaching to maximise the probability of, a, of that individual making progress. It's a much harder thing to do than stand at the front of a room and deliver a whole lot of content. Um, it, it really requires hard work to work out where individuals are at. Professor Masters added that instead of delivering A to E grades, reporting then becomes a conversation about where students are up to in their learning and the next steps to support further progress. Um, there are probably not many schools that um, have an integrated view um, of teaching and learning and assessing and, and curriculum and reporting in the way that I've been talking about it, um, but many schools are well down the track on this. The seminar also heard from Robert Marshall, a senior project director for school improvement at ACER. He says schools that are effective in assessment tend to have short-term data cycles in place rather than just end-of-semester reporting. And one of the interesting things I've observed over the last 12 months in particular, three or four years ago, it would have been rare to see a school that didn't do end-of-semester reporting and did what is now commonly referred to as this continuous or online reporting. We're using digital technology to upload uh, work tasks or assignments or tests as soon as they're done, teachers' comments... Uh, there'll be an annotation around what was done well, where's the weakness, what's the action for future learning. That's now becoming quite a common thing in many schools who are doing away with that traditional end of semester report and really they're developing a profile of a student and responding to them at individual needs. Marshall said another common observation in schools is that virtually without exception, principals, leadership teams and teachers are absolutely committed and passionate about doing the best they can by students. But it is equally clear that some individuals and kids don't have the capacity and the skills and the knowledge required to do the task. And also there aren't the, perhaps the most appropriate processes and protocols and procedures around assessment, around curriculum, around organising data, around pedagogy, around professional learning and so forth. Most schools do not have a systematic plan of collection of information. 
or data. Most schools don't. They'll have a timetable of exams and reports and all that sort of thing, but not a, collection, a data collection cycle. And certainly most schools don't have, say, short-term five-week cycles or something similar where you can regularly collect information in a central place and people from the principal right down to the classroom teacher can observe it, have meaningful discussions with colleagues and, and be able to measure the impact of their teaching and then make adjustments to that based on that information that they're getting. That's all for this episode of School Improvement. For more on this topic, check out the podcast transcript and related reading at our website. That's www.teachermagazine.com.au. To download all of our podcasts for free, visit aser.ac forward slash teacher iTunes or www.soundcloud.com forward slash teacher hyphen ACER.